Good morning, Cornerstone Piqua and Piqua Baptist Church. It's good to see you all. Uh, if you're new, I'm Jamie, and I am one of the pastors around here. And it is my honor and privilege to invite you to point your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, there is one provided for you in the pew in front of you. Grab one of the black ones, and you'll find our reading today on page 857. If you're not super familiar with the Bible, you'll find our reading on page 857. The chapter numbers are the big numbers. The verse numbers are the little numbers. You're also welcome to follow along in the slides above me. We'll be picking up where we left off last Lord's Day in verse 8. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. We'll be reading down to verse 20. I'll ask for the Lord's help on our time together. And then we'll work our way through this passage. It should take us around uh, 45 minutes or so. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. This is the word of the Lord. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angel went away from them, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all of these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Let's pray. Father in heaven, would you come now and help us to understand your word? Would you give us eyes to see the beauties and glories of Jesus that are here in this text? by the good news of great joy for all people that we behold in this text. Change us, deepen our affection for Jesus, deepen our delight in Him, and deepen our commitment to following Him, to loving Him with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. Do this for Jesus' praise. Amen. Hello, my name is Jamie, and I am a recovering Christmas hater. 
I spent a portion of my life working in retail management. And uh, Christmas time meant many long hours arriving to work before the sun was up and getting home after the sun was already down. It meant many frustrated shoppers, customer service complaints, staffing complications. It meant missing church on Sundays as Sundays were mandatory for managers. It also meant listening to Christmas music for 60 hours a week from Thanksgiving all the way to New Year. And therefore, Christmas music was banned in my home, with exception to Christmas morning. I did my best to enjoy uh, the Christmas season and to take my kids to see Christmas lights and enjoy their Christmas recitals. But to be honest, I was a grump. I was a Christmas grump. I was a Christmas hater. And then something changed. For one, I left retail. Um, and I want to say God bless all of you who work in retail. Thank you so much for your service. You are amazing to all of us. But another thing changed. The Lord began to convict my heart about my attitude toward Christmas. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 weighed heavily on me. Christmas was good news of great joy for all people. And yet Christmas wasn't good news of great joy for me. Something was wrong. And it was because I was looking at Christmas wrong. I wasn't letting the glorious reality of verse 11 settle over me and fill me with joy. This passage taught me that what I hated about Christmas really didn't have a whole lot to do with Christmas at all. All of the noise and the clutter, and the commercialization that's attached to Christmas isn't really Christmas. Christmas is about God become man, saving sinners from their sin. And after that, I began to love Christmas. I think I might love Christmas more than my kids love Christmas. We have two Christmas trees in my house. I love Christmas movies and Christmas lights and Christmas decorations. I even love Christmas music. Sometimes I find myself listening to Christmas music when I'm all alone. It's like I don't even know who I am. Here's the big idea this morning. The birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for all people. And those who know it, share it with others. That Christmas is good news of great joy for all people. And those who know it, share it with others. Four points to draw out of this text this morning. All of them built around the shepherd's experience with the gospel that we read in this text. First, the shepherds hear the gospel. We'll see that in verse 8 to 14. Second, the shepherds see the gospel, which we'll see in verses 15 and 16. Third, the shepherds share the gospel in verses 17 to 19. And then finally, the shepherds rejoice in the gospel in verse 20. So the shepherds hear the gospel, see the gospel, share the gospel, and rejoice in the gospel. Let's have a look 
again at verses 8 to 14, where we read that in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there, with, there were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So as far as first century Jewish social standing goes, shepherds were down toward the bottom. One commentator I read said that they were just a notch above lepers, which is pretty low. They were almost always ceremonially unclean. Their jobs kept them from going to synagogue. It's not that they were bad people. It's not even really that they were despised. It's just that they were like working class, normal Joes. So in our day, they would drive four by four trucks and drink you know, light beer and chew tobacco and they would watch NASCAR. They're just regular people. They're not bad people. They're just normal, ordinarily regular Joes working a job. And these shepherds are third shift shepherds. Verse 9 says that they are watching, or verse 8 says that they're watching over the field by night. And verse 9 says an angel appears to them. And this is the third angelic visitation that we've read about in Luke's gospel. The first was Zechariah. The second was Mary. And then here we see shepherds who are working nights. And there's a theme in these three visitations. I hope that you've picked up on that. Because who was Zechariah? He was just an, a nobody, backcountry priest. And who was Mary? A no-name teenager engaged to a carpenter. And who are these shepherds? Just regular folks doing regular jobs, punching the clock, putting food on the table, and gifts around the tree. They're us. That's who they are. They're just regular people. And so you, you need to picture this. It's just a typical night on the third shift. The shepherds are in their field, they're watching their flock, and then suddenly an angel appears in stunning brightness. The stunning brightness of God's glory shone, shines around them. I mean, it's like when, when the kid comes in your room in the middle of the night, flips on the light. It's just like it takes you a couple of seconds to just get yourself oriented. And this is back in the day before electricity, so they weren't used to light going from dark all the way to light just like this. It would have been terrifying. The glory of the Lord shone around them. God's glory is his brightness, his splendor, his radiance. The Old Testament word for God's glory referred to weight. Not like the kind of weight that we're all hoping to lose after Christmas. A different kind of weight. Weight in the sense of significance. Means the thing you can't ignore. 
the thing you can't not see, the most significant thing. That is what is meant by God's glory. So the angel appears and God's glory explodes around them. And Luke says they're filled with great fear. And the angel assures these shepherds, as he did to Zechariah and as he did to Mary, to not fear. I'm not here to hurt you. But there's something I need to tell you that's going to change your life forever. Verse 10. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The angel says, I've come here to bring you good news. It's one word in the original language. It means to proclaim the gospel. Most of the time in the New Testament, it's translated as the word preach. The angel has come to preach the good news. And the response to the receiving of the good news is that it will produce great joy. Good news will produce emotional change in those who receive it. They will receive great joy. The angel adds, this joy producing good news will be for all the people. Everyone. For the rich and for the poor. For the high class and the low class, for the Jew and for the Gentile. For the pretty ones and the ugly ones, for the short ones and tall ones, all who receive the good news this angel brings will experience great joy. So the question is, what exactly is this joy producing good news for all people? The answer is verse 11. That unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is the good news. This is the gospel. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord is born. So how is it then that the birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for all people? It's good news because of who Jesus is. It's good news because of what Jesus will do. Notice the first thing the angel says about this Jesus is that he is a Savior. Jesus Christ is a Savior. This is the time of year when many people are hearing and singing about Jesus Christ being a Savior. You know, it's on the radio waves. We hear it. And we sing along with it. Even if we're not paying attention to what we're singing, we're singing about Jesus being a Savior. And you have to wonder, don't you, what do people think that they need saving from when they say that Jesus is a Savior? Do they mean they need saving from their boss at work? Or from government overreach? Or from systemic injustice? Who or what do we need saving from? If Jesus is a Savior, what is He saving us from? Well, the Bible tells us. Actually, you might be interested to know that the Bible has a lot to say about the human condition. And the Bible teaches that we have turned in on ourselves. 
in our preference for our own glory, for our own significance, we have rejected God. You see, we view ourselves as most important. God's glory, God's significance, His importance is a threat to our own self-importance. And so we reject any notion that God is more important than we are. We reject any notion that God knows more than we know. And we certainly reject any notion that God has a right to tell us what we're to do with our bodies and with our feelings and with our money. And so we've replaced his commandments with our own, his ethics with our own. We've broken God's commandments. And the Bible's word for this is sin. The Bible says that the penalty for sin is death, physical death and spiritual death. So do you really want to know what you need saving from? Friend, the reality is that you need saved from the wrath of God for your sin. You need saved from the just judgment of your Creator for having rejected His commandments. What makes the birth of Jesus Christ good news of great joy for all people is that Jesus came to save sinners like you and like me. Jesus Christ is a real person who lived on this earth just over 30 years he never fell short of God's glory. He never broke God's commandments. Jesus lived a sinless life and perfectly fulfilled God's commandments. Jesus lifted up the poor and the weak. Jesus laid down his life for others. He was exemplary in every way, the perfect human being. But you know, Jesus' good example couldn't save anyone from the penalty of their sin. Jesus saved sinners by taking their place, by suffering their shame, by bearing the penalty for their sin on the cross. He was nailed to a sinner's cross to die the death that sinners deserve to die. As we have just proclaimed in our communion proclamation, God raised him from the dead, and he will return again. This is good news. It is good news because the penalty for your sin has been paid. And those who deserve an eternity in hell are granted an eternity in heaven simply because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is great joy because grace, this grace that saves, is free. It cannot be earned by any good deed. It cannot be earned. It is great joy because sin and death and the devil have been defeated. It's good news because the mouth of the accuser has been shut forever. It is great joy because the entry price for eternal life has already been paid. 
It is great joy because there's nothing in all of creation that will separate God's people from his love. It is great joy because with such a price that God has paid to save you, you can have assurance that he will never be lax with your life. Whatever comes to you is for your good and for your eternal satisfaction. It is good news. It is great joy. And it is for all people. You see, anyone can get in on this. No matter how far you run from God, you are never too far that mercy won't meet you. You are never too low that Christ won't stoop down to lift you. No matter what sin you have committed, no matter what mess you have made, when you turn to the Lord Jesus today, you will find him more willing to help you than you were to ask for it. And you don't have to clean yourself up before you come to him. Just come. In God's kingdom, no one waits in line and no one gets turned away. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. The birth of Jesus Christ is good news of great joy for all people. Because he is a savior. Because he is Christ. Because he is the Lord. Notice the angel says that Jesus is not a Lord or not been added to many other Lords. That he is the Lord. The only Lord. The only sovereign. The only ruler. Verse 12, the angel tells the shepherds that he's giving them a sign. The angel gave Zechariah a sign, you remember? He made him mute. He gave Mary a sign. Elizabeth, her relative, would be pregnant in her old age. And the shepherds get a sign too. Their sign is a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. Now, finding a baby in swaddling clothes is not much of a sign at all. But finding a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lied in a feeding trough for animals would have been a sign. With this, the angel is done announcing the good news of great joy for all people. And Luke says that suddenly, at the mere mention of the baby in the manger, a heavenly choir bursts forth. And they say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. A handful of dirty shepherds are let in on something going on since the beginning of time. The heavenly choirs are giving praise to Almighty God. At the mention of God the Son, of His plan of salvation, heaven erupts in song. Giving glory to God in song is simply the sound of heaven. We read, it is peace among those with whom God is pleased. Do you want peace in your life? Do you want peace on earth? There it is. Find the pleasures of God and you will have peace. The pleasures of God can be found in one place and one place alone and no surprise. It is in Jesus Christ. In the Bible, God tells us where his pleasure is. He says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. If you want peace, 
turn to Jesus Christ. Union with him is where you will find peace for your heart, for your soul, and for this world. Well, the, the, the shepherds must have been completely blown away at this angelic announcement. They have now heard the gospel. And what we read next is they go and they see the gospel. Let's pick up reading in verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. The shepherds heard the gospel, and now the shepherds respond in faith, and they go looking for the sign, the baby in a manger, who is the Savior, the Christ, the Lord. Verse 16 says they added that they went with haste. They felt an urgency to see the thing the Lord had made known to them, and they found him. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger just as the angel had promised. The, the, the shepherds heard the gospel. And now we see that the shepherds see the gospel. Because when it comes down to it, the good news of Christianity, the good news of great joy for all people is a person. Not a system of beliefs, not a bunch of rules, but a person. Christianity is mostly about focusing on and delighting in a person. This is why in the Bible it says in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians saying, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. We don't proclaim a system of beliefs and commandments to keep. We proclaim a person, Jesus Christ as Lord. 1 Peter 2.9, the same thing. We proclaim the excellencies of him who called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What we proclaim is Christ and Him crucified. The gospel is good news of great joy for all people because in the gospel, we get Him. We get Jesus Christ, the seat and sum and center of every satisfaction of every soul in the universe. Our sin had separated us from him, and his gospel brings us back. So the shepherds heard the gospel and then looked for the sign, and when they saw the Christ child, they saw the gospel. If you're here and you're not a Christian, I'm glad you came to church today. You should be like the shepherds. You've heard the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross for sinners, like you. And now you should do what the shepherds did. And you should seek the sign. Look to see the gospel. Seek Jesus Christ. Respond with urgency like the shepherds and go looking for the man Jesus Christ. And you will find him in the Bible that sits in front of you. 
my encouragement to you today is to take that Bible. If you don't own a Bible, take one of the one around you. That is this church's gift to you. Merry Christmas. Take it home and read it. Start with the Gospel of Luke. Read all the way through the Gospel of Luke and be asking the question, who is this Jesus Christ? Ask God to help you to see and to understand. And then when you're done, reach out to someone you know who is a Christian. Invite them to coffee and ask them to read the Gospel of Luke with you and to explain it to you. And God may be pleased to give you faith that you may turn to him repenting of your sins and receive the free gift of eternal life. Do that this week. Do that this week. So the shepherds have heard the gospel. The shepherds have seen the gospel. As we keep moving along, we see that the shepherds begin to share the gospel. We'll pick up reading of verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. Isn't it wonderful that the first evangelists in the New Testament are a handful of regular old third shift working stiffs? Not highly educated priests, not professional preachers, just ordinary folks who had heard the gospel, seen the gospel, who are now sharing the gospel. In verse 15, they say, the Lord has made known this thing to us. And in verse 17, we see that they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. They heard the gospel. They saw the gospel. And now they share the gospel. Now, I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are about evangelism. A lot of Christians are intimidated by it. Maybe they're afraid that by saying something wrong, they'll screw the whole thing up and they'll turn someone into a pagan. I don't know. Maybe they're afraid that they, they won't have the right answer to an objection. Which I get all of that. But to some extent, we just got to let that go. These shepherds didn't have a seminary education. But you see what they did. This is what the Lord has revealed to me, and this is what I'm sharing with you. You have questions about that? <laughs> Great, I do too. Let's look into them together. You have objections to what I just said? Great, I did too. Let's look into them together. Listen, one of the most important phrases that you can use in sharing the gospel with someone is this. I don't know, but let's look into it together. I mean, you could send them to me. You should know. I'm just going to send them right back to you. And we're all going to sit down and look into it together. I don't have the answers. This has the answers. And by God's grace and the help of the Holy Spirit, we can get the answers. So the shepherds hear the gospel, and they see the gospel, and now they share the gospel. Verse 18, all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The word there for wondered means they marveled, they were amazed at what they heard. 
doesn't necessarily mean that they believed what they heard. There's probably a handful of villagers in Bethlehem that day thinking, serious guys, angels? Oh, a host of heaven singing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What have you guys been doing out there in the field in the middle of the night? But not Mary. Not Mary. No, Mary that had already had her, her own angelic visitation. She knew her boy was unique. Luke says, she treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary's response represents the faithful response. While the villagers wondered, Mary treasured and pondered. She stored things away in her memory and thought long over them. Actually, the verb that appears there is in a particular tense which suggests that she brought these things to mind over and over and over. Mary did something similar back in chapter 1, if you remember, and she's going to do the same thing again down in verse 51. This young woman is remarkable. She is treasuring up the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus in her heart, pondering over it, contemplating over it, meditating upon it. Three times in the last couple of weeks, I've had some guys tell me that they're stuck on a text of Scripture. They're wrestling with it, chewing on it, and trying to get at its meaning and understand it. I had one sister tell me that she's hung up on God's sovereignty. So now she's working her way through a 700-page book on the subject. So like Mary. And i got to tell you, as a pastor, I am... So encouraged to hear our people engaging in deep, challenging study of the Scriptures on their own and with others. Cornerstone Pickwood Baptist Church, meditate, contemplate on the work of God in the Scriptures. When you come across a difficult text, don't let it go. Work on it. Wrestle with it. Like Jacob wrestling with the angel, grabbing hold until the blessing comes. Like Martin Luther, who said that he beat importunately upon the Apostle Paul in Romans 1.16 until he'd wrench meaning out of it. Don't let go until you find God's meaning in that text. There is a million glorious life changing, joy-inducing wonders in the pages of this book. Give your life to seeking these treasures. Meditate on the Bible. Memorize the Bible. Marinate your soul in the Bible. And you'll become like that scribe Jesus mentioned who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. So the shepherds hear the gospel and see the gospel and share the gospel. Finally, we read, the shepherds rejoice in the gospel. This is where we'll end our time together, verse 20. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. There's that word again, glory. Glorifying, giving glory to God. 
When we give glory to God, it's not that we're adding glory to God that He didn't previously have. He's infinitely glorious. It's just that when we're glorifying God, we're making note of His glory. We're acknowledging His glory. And one of the most important things that we need to learn about the way in which God made us is that His glory and your joy are connected. God's glory and your joy are connected. Such that the more that God is glorified in your life, the more you will have joy in your life. Or to put it in terms that we've been using today, the greater weight and significance that God has in your life, in your heart, the greater joy that you will experience in your life, in your heart. Your joy and God's glory are connected. So my challenge to you today, church, is that you would finish this year and start the new one like these shepherds. Return to your work. Do your job well as unto the Lord. Glorify Him and praise Him for all that you have seen and heard. Join in that chorus in heaven. Make Jesus Christ the thing people can't not see in your life. And share Him with others. Like the shepherds, you have heard the good news. Like the shepherds, by faith you have seen Jesus. And now you have the privilege of sharing Jesus and to spend the rest of your life rejoicing in Jesus. This is what makes Christmas good news of great joy for all people. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we confess that we have not rightly treasured Jesus in a way that is fitting Him. We have not rejoiced in Him as we should. We have not given due time and energy to considering the significance of God the Son. And for this, we ask You to forgive us. We know, Lord, that this is the reason that we're often irritable, judgmental, and uptight. We know that making too little of Jesus is why we're often so miserable. Yet, Father, you sent Jesus to save us from ourselves and to redeem us from the dark sorrow of our sin. And we thank you for that. I ask you this morning that you would restore unto us the joy of our salvation. Send us from this place renewed in our delight in Jesus. Give your Holy Spirit to stir up in us, even today, deep, lasting joy and a satisfaction that can only come from knowing Jesus. And give us boldness to share what we have heard about Jesus with others. Give us humility to say we don't know and the courage to search out the matter. Make Jesus big today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, your assurance of pardon this morning comes from Micah chapter 7, verse 19. 
Or if you're trusting in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you read, He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast out all our sins into the depths of the sea.